the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. And for the next couple hours, if you want to, we'll talk about cars. We can talk about your car. We can talk about oil changes, tires. Um, There's just lots of stuff we can talk about. One of the things that I do on a regular basis is I hang out at some of these automotive forums. And like the other day, I was looking at a motorhome forum and Everybody had a different idea on when to change the tires. Everybody had a different idea on what brand was the very best. Some of them said you mix the front and you mix the back. And we're talking about motorhomes, two, four, six, eight, with ten tires on them. So it's a two-axle in the back with duels on both sides. So as I'm looking through all of this, I'm pretty confused. Um, I think when when you def- when you get into that confusion mode, Hopefully you have a shop that you love and a shop you've patronized for a long time. I think the answer for this geographical area, Phoenix, I think the answer for Arizona and Phoenix is go to your shop that you've patronized for a long time and ask them what they would do. Perhaps talk to the owner, perhaps talk to his wife, whatever. The fact of the matter is is that you're best guided by somebody who's known you for many, many years. And so there's just lots of misconceptions out there about, well, motorhome tires have to be replaced at three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years. Everybody's pretty much between five and seven years. Passenger car tires and light truck tires are 10 years. So that creates a problem all of its own. But why are motorhome this and, you know, one-ton trucks uh, hauling horses are this? Well, the answer has to do with the load and the temperature and how often they're used. So a motorhome could sit for 30 days or 45 days or 60 days. It's going to have a little bit flat spots on the tires, but those are going to wear off very quickly. Those are going to resolve themselves very quickly. So I don't know that I agree with the three to five year mark. I'm closer to the seven seven thousand mile mark, seventy thousand mile mark, um, and and probably well, let me change that. I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with with seven years on a motorhome tire, and if you do ten thousand miles a year, that's seventy thousand miles. But the years is what makes a difference to me. I don't really care how long uh, you drive it or how long it sits or whatever, because at least in Arizona, uh, we're all playing with the same weather. We're all playing with the same temperatures and the asphalt temperature and so forth and so on. What's really important on tires is is to understand that when you put them on and you spin them at 70, 80 miles an hour, and they're going to get a little bit hotter. We need a tire that's not going to explode because of centrifugal force. And frankly, there's very few of those that will. Those that will are oftentimes priced half as much as the tires you bought last year. So there are a lot of cheap tires out there, and those are tires that I'm not necessarily an advocate of, but... 
on the other hand, if it was a 235-75-15, which is a large passenger car or light truck tire, and it was dirt cheap and I was hauling bales of hay, I might very well take it because the risk is small. The worst that's going to happen, I'm going to blow a tire and have to put a spare on. So that's kind of what, what I think about. But as far as my customers are concerned, passenger car tires, we don't like to see them go past 10. We, we start notification processes at, at 8 to uh, 10, uh, 8, 9, and 10 uh, areas. And, uh, and that's what it's really all about. Oil changes. My goodness, oil changes. They just goes crazy. But you know what? I got Richard hanging, and I'm going to go to Richard. Richard, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Uh, yes, I'm having uh, electrical issues with my wife's car. It's a uh, 2013 Chevy Cruze. Okay. Uh, we replaced the uh, the battery, and um, uh, the new battery uh, died out. Uh, so we're actually on our uh, third battery right now, and uh, keeps keeps shorting out the battery. Okay. Well, um, this isn't really anything that's difficult, but you don't have the right equipment to do it. Um, this is this is something I'll tell you how most all the shops I do. We have inductive amp probes, so we're going to take this big pair of pliers that's got a big loop in the middle of it. And we're going to wrap it around all the cables on the positive or all the cables on the negative. I don't care which end you use. And then we're going to look at the amp draw. And the amp draw should be 0.3, 0.4, which is what we call keep alive memory for the computers, keep alive memory on your seat settings and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to draw a, a quarter or a third of an amp all the time to keep the clocks working, keep the, the memory alive, all that kind of jazz. So in your particular case, obviously you've got a draw. So the question is, is where's the draw? So I hook my amp meter to either all the positive or all the negatives, and I've got this draw of 20 amps or 30 amps, and so I just start disconnecting things. I disconnect, uh, one of the first things I would disconnect would be the alternator, because that's a common problem. So I would disconnect the alternator, and there's a on the back of it there's going to be a big red wire, and, and if you're going to take that off, make sure you don't short it to ground. And if you take that off and the draw goes away and you hook it back to the alternator and the draw comes back, and I'm talking about a 15 or 20 or 30 amp draw, then the alternator's bad. But if that's not it, then you open up the, you, you go out to the trunk, and that's something else you should do now is, is grab one of the neighborhood kids, put him in the trunk, shut the lid, and ask him if the light goes off. Because trunk well, lights do the, that. The, uh, the back seat drops down, so I did check that. Okay. All righty. So you've just got a whole, whole bunch of places to go. And, um, and and you're going to track them. Now, using an inductive amp probe, I can just follow to where the wire goes. So I have this big harness, and then all of a sudden the harness splits into three, and so I grab harness one, harness two, and harness three. Oh, the draw's in number two. Okay, so then I follow that, and I just keep checking the wires until I get to where I'm going. So you might pay a couple hundred dollars for that service, but it's a couple hundred dollars to find it, and usually it's pretty doggone cheap to fix it. Is there any okay. possible way at any other time that somebody put the battery in backwards? Had a little spark I, here and there. I don't believe so. Okay. And you check the, the trunk light and it's not on. The dome light's not on. Um, sure. And there's nothing on the dashboard that indicates an issue. There's no lights that didn't used to be there. There's no check engine light. None of that. Well, there was uh, there was an engine light and um, it kept flashing uh, uh Stable link or uh, stability track and power steering. Um, I read that there was a battery, a negative battery cable issue on that. 
model, so I replaced that, but I I okay. haven't had an opportunity to hook the battery back up because it's dead after I replaced that cable. Okay. Um, wow. You know, I don't, I don't think you can draw lots of conclusions the way you're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. The only conclusion we can draw is, is you got to draw. You know, that's all there is to it. But where it's at and where it's going and what's going on is, is completely different. And so somebody's going to have to, 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 to track that down and on a 1 to 10 scale for us gray-haired guys. That's about a number 6 if you have the right equipment. So that, Do you have that a place you can recommend on the west side? Um, tell me where your major cross streets. Um, 91st and Cactus in Peoria. Okay. I, I, I have auto dynamics, and that's at Grand Avenue. And uh, hang on a minute because I have that here in front of me. Um, I, uh, auto dynamics. I've um, been around since 99th Grand Avenue, uh, North Side of Grand and 99th Avenue. This is what I would suggest you do. I would suggest that you call them up and you say, I got this year making model car and I put a new battery in it and it's dead and it's, it's done that a couple of times. So um, are you capable of tracking down the short? You don't tell them where it's at. You don't tell them what the guy on the Internet said. You don't tell them what the neighbor said. You don't tell them what Mark Salem said. But you can say, can you explain to me the process, perhaps, just so I can understand it? And if they say, yeah, we use an inductive amp probe and we just follow it all the way where the draw's at. And in reality, that's what we can do. We can literally take a big harness, and we've got the draw in the harness, and there's ten wires. Pretty soon, two of them are going to branch off, and we'll check those two, and they're not it. They're not the draw. You just keep moving down the line. Then pretty soon one drops off over here. You induct, put your inductive amp probe, and that's not it. But it's still in the main trunk, and you just follow, follow, follow. And so this, this is likely to be something that's going to cost a lot of money to find it and nothing to fix it. That's, that's okay. typically what, what happens. Auto, now, how about downtown? Anybody downtown? Do you work downtown? Any other place that you have? Uh, no, I'm, I work right in this area, and... Okay. Okay. And with, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to get a towed, so preferably okay. not the downtown. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That that's fine. Um, if you, there's other shops that are are, are but your your Sun City's kind of quiet for me because I don't have a whole, I have a lot of applicants, but I don't have a lot that I vetted and that I'm comfortable with. Auto Dynamics. I've known Chuck for a hundred years, so I'm sending you to him because I know he's honest and dependable. And if they say they're going to fix it and then they don't fix it, then Chuck will get involved and you'll be made whole again. So I do know that uh, that he's that kind of a guy. But that's what I would do on a one to ten scale. This isn't a big deal except for you. Um, let me ask you a question: Have you ever had any smoke when you connected a battery cable or anything like that? Uh, no. Okay. Have you ever had any sparks? when you connected a cable, whether it's positive or negative, or when you took the battery in and out, or when you put the new battery in or out, have you had anything? I mean, okay. I haven't seen, like, big flashes, but uh, I can hear kind of, you know, staticky. Okay. No big flashes, no melting of the terminal, no sparks that are obvious, none of that? No. Okay. Well, this could be a burnt fuse link, and there is a couple of fuse links, and you can go check the fuse links. Um, but you're going to have to know where they're at, and we're going to have to look in a book and find out. The fuse link typically will shut down some portion of the car, and the fuse link is the short wire about five, six inches long that's designed to fray, to burn, to disconnect that circuit when it sees a big draw, sees a big amp draw. 
So this could be as easily as in the time you put this battery in, and, and it wouldn't be the first time. My guys, not too long ago, one of my guys, one of my senior guys, put a battery in and hooked the positive to the negative and the negative to the positive. Mm-hmm. Just He just did. And, 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 and it happens to the best of us. So it's not a matter of whether you're a man or a mouse. It has nothing to do with that. It just happens to do with you made a mistake. So um, you might you might want to look at, at fuse links, and they're usually close to the battery. And what you do is you find the wire that comes off the battery terminal, and you just tug on both ends of it. And if the rubber insulation stretches, and then you put it back together and it stretches, but then any other wire doesn't stretch, that means the fuse link is blown. And then you're still going to have to figure out why, but that's going to be the fix. Okay? Okay. Thank All you right, very much. Luck. You bet. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We have five lines open. If you'd like to join us, you can. 602-508-0960. I'm Mark Salem, and we'll be back right after this. Mike Gallagher wants everything on the table. We better embrace every path that the Democrats embraced in 2020. Mail-in ballots, early voting, ballot harvesting, because guess what? They're beating us using those tools. And that's not going to change. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 7 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Have you and your spouse moved from being soulmates to roommates? Wondering what you can do to get the spark back? Focus on the family and Salem Media Group present Resist the Drift. A two-day marriage conference happening August 25th and 26th at Central Christian Church in Gilbert. Resist the Drift is an opportunity to connect with your spouse and take a deeper dive into content created just for you. Learn ways to strengthen your connection, rekindle your romance, and reawaken your adventure. Come hear speakers Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley share their story and what they've learned as they move from roommates to soulmates. Couples will receive Bible-based concepts and tools to reconnect and strengthen their marriages. Get tickets today at 960thepatriot.com. That's the Resist the Drift Marriage Conference, August 25th and 26th at Central Christian Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Presented also by redballoon.work. We look forward to seeing you there. Go now to 960thepatriot.com. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot. I hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. 
I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves, it's, it's their whole family, it brings it all together. We have scars that we carry, and just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. Right now, I, I'm the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness. You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. Visit WoundedWarriorProject.org slash not alone. Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks resembling candy and chalk. Learn more about how One Pill can kill at OnePillKilled.org. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you, 960 The Patriot and 960ThePatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. If you'd like to join us, if you have a car question, if you have a car argument in your family, or uh, you want to talk about my wife wants this car and I like this car, and you're buying something new, and you want me to comment about the uh, mechanical stability of the car or the longevity of the car, the repair of the car, then then I can usually compare two cars for you. Whether you take my advice or not, it doesn't make any difference, but it is a neutral point of view because I, I don't have a dog in the fight. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. That's the phone number, and the lines are wide open, and there's five of them. Gil answers the phone, and he says, would you like to talk to Mark? You say yes, and he says, what's your name? And then he whispers in my ear, Greg wants to talk to you, or Ron wants to talk to you. That's kind of how it works, but you don't see the behind the scenes. Um, Action Auto Repairs up at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983. Uh, he's a he's a very gentle guy. He's very nice. He's very polite. He's a heck of a fisherman. And he knows right from wrong, and he's a good technician himself. And so those are the kind of people that can usually control a shop of macho guys. And that's the hairy-chested guys that have been working on cars for a long time. There's nothing wrong with that because we all grew up in that era. We all grew up that way. But it's really important to have a shop owner that knows a lot about cars so when he's fed a line of, 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 of worm droppings, the shop owner knows that that's not true, that's not the case, and the shop owner has enough sense to say, let's get a second pair of eyes in here, I'll have a pair of eyes, let's get John over here, and then now Don, and we'll all take a look at it and see how if we can come up with something better, or, or if you're correct, that's kind of how it works. So shop, shop owners always have that dichotomy of trying to balance the, the technician's needs to the customer's needs to the parts department needs to the service rider needs. All that's going on in the background. But most shops, independent shops, are small enough to where it's all, everybody's pulling on the same end of the rope. And that's because all of those positions are typically handled by the guy that owns it or the family that owns it. So there's a big difference there because... It's put together really well, and there's no dichotomy where people have different agendas and different different things to do and different wants and needs and all that kind of stuff. So there's a place in our industry for all kinds of car repair, the chain stores, the tire-only stores, the alignment-only stores, the air conditioning stores, the transmission stores, the general repair stores like mine is. But we don't overhaul transmissions. We typically buy one that's been overhauled and install it in the car because the technical skill necessary to overhaul a transmission on a day like today or the decade we're living in 
is something very, very special. And it would probably take any one of us at my shop, and we're all master technicians, any one of us probably four or five months of school to be able to understand the fundamentals, but we still couldn't overhaul all automatics because you got Chevy, Ford, and Dodge, Hyundai, Honda, (laughs) and every other brand that they're out there. You have all of those guys along with you. So, And each and every one of those is different. But we have somebody on the line. Who might that be, Gil? Say good morning to Bob. Bob, good morning. Hi, Mark. What do you Bob? think about a Tahoe? With okay. That diesel, you know that little diesel engine that Chevy puts in the Tahoe? If someone was buying a vehicle just not to pull a trailer, but, I mean, just to drive because it gets a little better mileage, and and I'd just like to have a diesel just to have it. What okay. do you think? What year are you talking about? A new one, to get a new oh. Tahoe. Okay. Well, um, I think... The new, my wife just bought a Jeep with a 2.3 liter diesel in it. It's a Jeep uh, truck, the new Gladiator. And um, she's getting, I don't know, 18, 19 miles to the gallon between Payson and Tempe. And sometimes she's loaded, sometimes she's not. And if she's not loaded, she gets another mile or two gallon. Um, There's nothing on the ground. It has plenty of power. It starts right up. The diesels of today, what you're talking about, the new GM, and then then the new diesel for Jeep, um, those are... Those might as well be, you know, spaceships that go to Mars and have lunch and come back compared to the cars we were all grown up on. So I don't have any problem with the General Motors, and I certainly don't have any problem with any of their diesels. They came out with the, I think it was a 6.6 at the very beginning, which was their V8 diesel, and everybody else had six cylinders. And that 6.6 today is still good, and the Allison transmission behind it is still good. So General Motors has not necessarily hit a home run like Dodge has, but they're in second place. So I would shop price and warranty and and uh, and bells and whistles and and I wouldn't have any problem uh, if if my son bought one or my daughter's husband bought one. I I'd have no problem with that. Okay, thanks. Okay, the diesels have come a long way, by the way. The diesels used to be oil leaking black engines with a lot of soot, and they weren't really dependable, and, and sometimes you could jump them and sometimes you couldn't. That, none of that applies to today. I, on my Dodge diesel truck that's a 2012, I have 174,000 miles on it. It still doesn't leak a drop of oil. Now, I've been pretty pretty good on my oil changes, between ten and 15,000 miles. I'm changing the oil. And why is it 10 to 15? Well, I'm up north with the horses sometimes, and I'm down in Tempe sometimes. So if I'm in Tempe, I can get my oil changes done right then and there. But if I'm up here in Pace, I'm going to be up here for a week or two, then I might have some time on it. But the idea is is that good maintenance, and, and every motor and every transmission we replace, virtually every one has been abused by the driver. So the engine's been overheated, the transmission's been overworked. Very few of them that we see die of old age, but that's true. That's, that, that's at least a third of them. They die of simply old age. We got a caller? Who might that be? Say good morning to Jim. Jim, good morning. Good morning, sir. I just want your opinion on an engine. Okay. My sister-in-law is buying a Mercedes-Benz, uh, about a 20-foot motorhome with a 3.0 turbocharged diesel engine in it. I just just your opinion on that engine. Well, the it's going to be a small V6, I'm thinking, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, the don't don't even think about the diesels in the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and the 60s. 
because right. we've we we've moved so far forward. We the diesels of today are sipping fuel. They have tremendous power. The turbos last forever. And the only time we and I'm talking about all diesels, and I'm including your Benz. Only time we ever look at those and haven't to fix anything is when the driver got stupid. <laughs> that's all. Okay. Well, this has got 44,000 miles on it, so. That's nothing. That's not even yeah, twice around the girth of the earth. It's not been yeah, around the equator I, twice. That, that's exactly what I told her, too. And there's a, um, you know, I would, uh, it's, a, it's called a used car checkover. I'd have somebody look at it. Usually you pay somewhere between 50 and $125. They're going to look at the tires, the brakes. They're going to look at the suspension, the tire wear. They're going to look at all the fluids. They're going to look underneath the hood, They're going to, and they're going to run a Carfax on it if you don't already run a Carfax on it. So they're going to look it over, and they're, and they're going to have the opportunity to say, these are issues it needs. But it, when you're talking about 30,000, 40,000 miles, there's not a whole lot that that car could need. Right. Okay. So. Uh, talking to another person who uh, owns a diesel shop here in Surprise, he mm-hmm. says the engine is solid. Uh, that is a solid engine, not this particular one. But uh, he said the only thing that might fail on you is the emission systems. Okay. And that's across the board. Chevy, Ford, Dodge, Honda, Toyota, everybody. Everybody. Uh-huh. We're, we're having a tough time doing the, getting the emissions clean. We want to. Right. The feds want us to wrap our lips around the tailpipe and be able to to breathe the exhaust for a week and a half and be fine at the end of a week and a half. So we have DEF problems, we have catalytic converter problem, and we have a DPF. Uh, you know, sometimes my mouth gets so far ahead. We have different filters, and we're lighting those up with DEF. And so when the soot comes out of the motor, we're cooking the soot and we're turning it into a dust. And then we send right. it out the tailpipe. We, yeah, all of that is true. But to be honest, and that is a big part of my business. But most of the time, the big part of my diesel business is dressing them up, tires and wheels, and lifting them low. And we do lots of trucks and stuff like that. Very rarely do we work on a Mercedes Benz underneath the hood, unless it's filters, fluids, and stuff like that. We'll be back. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle Financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Hey, it's Seth Liebson. By now, you've probably heard that 960 The Patriot has partnered with Focus on the Family for a two-day marriage conference on August 25th and 26th at Central Christian Church in Gilbert. But did you know we're now giving away some exclusive VIP tickets for our Resist the Drift conference? You and your spouse could be one of 10 lucky couples who get to attend the conference on the house. And five couples will be invited to attend our pre-conference VIP meet and greet reception, hosted by me, yours truly. You and your spouse could have the special opportunity to meet speakers Greg and Aaron Smalley, including an intimate Q&A session, 
and snack on delicious appetizers. In addition to all this, VIP ticket holders get reserved seating at the conference and a workbook to notate in during the weekend's four sessions of impactful teaching. For a chance to win tickets and meet Greg and Aaron Smalley, go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the event banner. And if you're not feeling lucky, you can always just buy tickets also at 960thepatriot.com. See you there. Go to 960thepatriot.com and click on Resist the Drift and you just might win. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. The following is an urgent message from federal law enforcement. Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks resembling candy and chalk. Regardless of shape or color, just two milligrams of fentanyl can kill. Learn more about how one pill can kill at onepillkilled.org. Talk to your kids today about the dangers and deadly effects of fentanyl. Thousands of young people are dying from counterfeit prescription drugs laced with lethal doses of fentanyl. Just one counterfeit pill laced with fentanyl can kill. Visit OnePillKilled.org to learn more. There is no faster way to understand the issues of our day than listening to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. Every day on the Salem Podcast Network. All about that demon. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. And hey, um... Jim, if you're still there, I called a friend of mine who's a Mercedes-Benz guru, and I asked him to call the show and uh, talk to us about that 3-liter diesel um, on that uh, Benz 20-foot motorhome. And and the questions I'm going to ask him are pretty simple. What do people do wrong, and is there any pattern failures? And and those two answers will answer all the questions we need. But but Goody's been a friend of mine for a long time, and and I lean on him for for Mercedes Benz issues, and so I ask him to call. But if he doesn't call in, then Jim, my email address is mark at marksalem dot com, mark at marksalem dot com, and. Uh, and you can send me an email, and then I'll put you and Goody together, and he can uh, spend you know a few minutes with you with respect to that. Um, Action Autos I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom for since 1983. He knows right from wrong. He's an ASE master, so are his technicians. And he has a cir- circle right around the I-17 in Deer Valley. Um, and, and it's difficult to find good shops, folks. Trust me, I've been doing this for 25 years, but it's not. It's and it's easy to keep them once you found them. So Tom's a good guy, and you won't have any problems there. So if you live near I-17 and and uh, and in Deer Valley, then Action Auto is a good shop. Tony, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you. I'm sorry you're going to be going off the air soon. Yeah, I am. I am. I I think the 26th is my last show, which is not next week, but the the week after. 
Yep. And so I have a question, and we're going to stick with the diesel, the 3.0, the Jeep diesel. I was driving back from Las Cruces yesterday, towing Jeep Wrangler, um, towing um, a side-by-side. It may or may not have been 500 pounds over their max towing weight, but when I was coming over the Continental Divide, what I noticed was all of a sudden I got all kinds of warnings on my dashboard. It was the axle fault and the locker fault light came on and the locker lights came on. They were flashing. It was flashing. And I noticed my temperature was about uh, one and a half ticks over the middle of the thermostat, you know, high. Usually it's about a half below the middle of the 50% range. Okay. I pulled it over. I pulled it over, let it sit for a while. Restart, it was fine. Came on about 10 minutes later, it was fine. And then as long as I kept it at about 64, 65 miles an hour and not 72 miles an hour, the heat would stay down and the lock of warnings did not come on. Do you know what was going on there? Do you know anything about that? I never heard of that before. I, I, I don't have a clue. But tell me about the heat. Let's talk about the heat. Give me a number on the heat. Is it 180, 220, 240, 250, 260? Where is that? You know, I, I, I'm sorry because it, I, I could have switched to a different reading, but it was just looking at there's a thermometer, that, the, the bar that's going up, and the dead center spot from zero to, let's say, zero to 100, it was at 50. It usually runs about 45, it, and I'm just saying a percentage-wise of the bar going up. I don't know the exact okay. temperature. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, that's okay because if you've got some kind of a graduated thermostat, so to speak, and you're hanging around halfway you're perfectly fine. Every car in the world, three quarters, pay attention. And when we start flirting with red and we get towards the very 100, then you're in big trouble. So 50% of your gauge is fine. Keep in mind that in the old days, we had 160 thermostats and a lot of people took them out. And they ran their car somewhere between 140 and 160. We also know that the water didn't boil out of the engine oil because it takes 212 to do that. So we had a bunch of sludge problems, but they blamed it on the Pennzoil. And the Pennzoil came, comes from Pennsylvania, and that oil always, always sludges up. Today we know that's fabricated bull excrement. We know all of that is a lie. So we want the temperature in your Jeep to run about 220 because water boils at 212, not all the time. Not all the time. But water boils at 212, and every time you shut your car off, we develop one or two tablespoons of water as the hot air inside the engine condenses. And so we need to get the water out. But if you just get out there and work it, you're fine. So I don't think your temperature is going to have anything to do with this. I don't think. Now, we have scanners. We're going to plug it into your 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 Jeep or your Dodge or whatever. It was a Jeep. We're going to plug it yeah. into your Jeep, and we're going to look at the codes, and we're going to look at some of the history. And that will tell us what to do forward. But that's all I can. I mean, you didn't see any smoke. You didn't pop any no, thermostats. We didn't have, dump any coolant on the ground. There was no oil on the ground. It ran normal with the exception of the lights in the dashboard. Yeah, I mean, the temperature did creep up to about 70, 75% of that thermostat. Okay. When I, when I had to pull it, when all the lights were going off, and then I had to let that cool down and to get it. So when I went back down from 72 to like 63, 64, the lights went off, and the thermostat, you could watch it actually just drop down below 50%, just below Okay. The only thing I'd do if I were you is just let it cool off, squeeze the upper hose, make sure it's nice and soft, and then take the radiator cap. Well, 
take the radiator cap off step by step, push down and click once and wiggle the cap and there's no pressure and stuff and then go ahead and look at it. And then the overflow, if it's got coolant in the overflow, it should be full. The radiator should be full. But if the radiator's full and there is no coolant in the uh, in the uh, overflow, then you should probably bring that up to the ad mark or something like that. But you didn't ping. So if it's overheating, it'll start pinging on you real bad. Uh, you'll have all kinds of bells and whistles, and they'll all be red on your dashboard. That means shut her down, buddy. Shut her down. We're in dire straits here. None of that happened to you. So I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I suspect that this is going to be something somebody can track forward. And one of the first places I would probably look at is I'd look at the VIN number on the Internet and see if there's any technical service bulletins with symptoms that match yours. 602 All five lines are open, and we'll be right back. Dennis Prager doesn't see the outrage. This is the greatest assault on womanhood in modern history. Women don't give birth. Anybody does. You're not special. You don't give birth. You're not even a mom. You're a, a neutered birthing parent. And what feminist group has opposed this? Can you name a prominent feminist in the Democratic Party who has? The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Take The Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird-sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Hey, it's Seth Liebson. By now, you've probably heard that 960 The Patriot has partnered with Focus on the Family for a two-day marriage conference on August 25th and 26th at Central Christian Church in Gilbert. But did you know we're now giving away some exclusive VIP tickets for our Resist the Drift conference? You and your spouse could be one of 10 lucky couples who get to attend the conference on the house. And five couples will be invited to attend our pre-conference VIP meet-and-greet reception, hosted by me, yours truly. You and your spouse could have the special opportunity to meet speakers Greg and Aaron Smalley, including an intimate Q&A session, and snack on delicious appetizers. In addition to all this, VIP ticket holders get reserved seating at the conference and a workbook to notate in during the weekend's four sessions of impactful teaching. For a chance to win tickets and meet Greg and Aaron Smalley, go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the event banner. And if you're not feeling lucky, you can always just buy tickets also at 960thepatriot.com. See you there. Go to 960thepatriot.com and click on Resist the Drift, and you just might win. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not just, you know, working with my physical disabilities. I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? It was affecting me in my marriage. My husband, he didn't know how to help me. He actually called Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey. It was an eye-opener, and it I think it really saved our marriage. They gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that. I just love him. I love you, honey. I love you, too. Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight, too. Well, I always loved her, but 
I love it 10 times more for that. Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone. For help with food, health care, and other resources, call or visit 211.org. 211, how can I help you? 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. This portion of On the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange. It's called ATE, Automatic Transmission Exchange, and he's been in the Valley since 1968, and Phil and his staff are transmission diagnostic experts. Transmission repairs, replacements, um, they do all kinds of transmissions, and they do import and foreign as well. It's always a good idea to get a second opinion from someone who wants to replace your $4,000 transmission. And may I suggest that Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington, would be a good place if you're faced with that dilemma. Phil's been around a very long time. He's very good at what he does. And for those of us that understand and can talk the, the lingo with him, more than half the time he can guide you to the repair or the diagnosis over the phone. But he's not going to do that for you. He's going to do it for us other shop owners like we help him with air conditioning systems. So, again, Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington, ATE. Brian, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. I'm sorry to hear you going off the air. I thought it was going to be a month later, but hopefully they'll get another adequate car guy. Sure, uh, sure. On the radio, it's beyond our control, we know. Uh, I've got an 18 Colorado with a V6, and a month ago I was headed for the coast, and I got, uh, on the way, I lost trip A on my display on the dash, and I also lost the um, digital readout for the uh, speedometer, and um, let's see my notes here. Um, oh, and the cruise control. I lost the cruise control. And then I noticed um, uh, the other day when I opened the door and I don't have the rheostat working to turn the um, dome lights on. So I'm just wondering if it could be a fuse block or something all connecting these three uh, that is causing this. Or if I got a major dash problem, it'd be expensive. And um, I just wanted to mention this it is going in wednesday to joey over at thompson's okay. so i gotta find out about this but uh okay kind of annoying not having the cruise control especially no that, that that's right um i'm quite sure that the process is is the first thing they're going to do is pull out their 12 volt ice pick light and they're going to mm-hmm. go over to the fuse panel there's probably two so they're going to have to know where they're at and they already do and then they're going to turn on everything. They're going to turn on the wipers and the headlights, and they're going to play with the window motors. Now, the window motors are going to be on a circuit breaker, um, and they're not going to be on a fuse. And a circuit breaker, because we want the circuit breaker to cool off if somebody's head is in the window, we need to be able to count to five and let the circuit breaker reset and drop the window so they don't die that way. So I, I don't know I don't know what's going to go on, and I you certainly have a problem that, that is widespread, but um, Thompson's can handle this for you. It's just tell him what you told me. But they're going to take that little ice pick. One end goes to ground, and they're going to turn the key on, and they're just going to hit both sides of the fuses. And they go, the light goes on, 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 off. Who? Right. Number 17 is not. Number 17 is blown. Open up the manual on the car. Number 17 is blown, and number 17 handles the following circuits in the car. There will be three or four circuits. 
So then at that point, he's going to put in an amp meter, and instead of putting another fuse in and popping it, he's going to stick what we call a loop, and he's going to say, I want to see if it'll pop it again, or he might put another fuse in and just waste 35 cents. But at the end of the day, he's going to look at all the things that that fuse drives, and he's going to go have to figure out which one of those caused that fuse to burn. Mm-hmm. And and it sounds so, a lot worse than it really is. Okay, so you you think it's well, we don't know for sure, but it's probably more likely it's what you something in the fact of a fuse or that, that situation more than the whole dashboard situation electronically messed up. No, you you can't. You're you're jumping five or six levels right off yeah, the ground floor, yeah. and so okay. we got to walk before we run, and then run before we you know scream and and got run it. fast. But you you're going to check the electrical system. He's going to check the alternator. And he's going to make mm-hmm. sure that the voltage is somewhere between 12.8 and 13.8, maybe low 14s. Yep. He's going to look for the amp to be 10 to 30. He's going to turn mm-hmm. on the headlights and see if they if they go dim uh, when he goes to idle and if they if they get bright when the uh, when the RPMs are up. These are the different electrical things that we're going to do, but we're also mm-hmm. going to look at the computer and and there's a good chance he's going to see something deep within the bowels of the computer that the guys at Checker can't see, um, mm-hmm. and he'll be able to go in there and look and say, oh, this is a problem. Now, there's a couple of dashboard companies here in town that, that really do good work. So if you do have that, you've got two choices. Pull the dash pad, send it, or just send the whole car. And most of us are going to well, send the whole car. Right. Yeah, okay. One would be Dick's, Dick's Speedo Tack, I think, huh? Yeah. yeah um, I, I don't know if he's doing digital dashes. There's one on oh. McKellops and Hayden. And okay. um, and Rush was Russ was trained by the old Dick up on Indian School, and I think Fifteenth Avenue or Seven No Fifteenth Street, Seventeenth yeah, Street. Place. Yeah, and uh, so Russ is a disciple of of Dick's up there. So oh, those okay. are those are two places. But you could go to them. You call them and say, "Will you handle my digital dash issue?" You can go to them, and they're certainly capable of traveling that through. Um, but it might take them, they may get to a point where they can't go into the engine week, they can't go into the, the computer, and that's oh. something the mechanical guys will do. But you could go there first if you wanted to. Yeah, I think I'll start with Thompson's because they've been good to me before, and I really appreciate everything more. Okay, well, good luck to you, Brian. Thank you very much. Thank you. Steve, you're up next. I had a quick question about the uh, uh, CVT transmissions. Uh, the manual says, you know, don't roll with them in neutral it'll mess up the transmission could cause a lot of damage is that because people might be going 60 put it in neutral then that little band go down then they jam it back in gear when they're going high or i'm just thinking if i'm no i'm going to be coming to a stop if i put it in neutral would that be fine or do you know any what the parameters might be on what would cause the damage i'm not real good with with automatic transmissions but i'll tell you what i yeah. think it is we need to pump fluid through a transmission, and we do that when the engine's running, and we do that when the transmission's running too. So if you turn the key off and you're driving down the road and you're in neutral, we still need to lube a portion of that transmission because the axle, the drive axles are going inside of it, and there's a ring and pinion inside of there. So we still need oil. So I'm not quite Let me sure change if that just just to put it in neutral, not turn the car off, but just put it in neutral. And they say not to do that. Yeah, they say don't put it in neutral when you're, you know. Okay, well, who said that? Does it it say that in your manual, or are you talking to somebody else? Manual. Okay. 
All right, I, I'm just I don't... thinking that, that that little that little belt that goes up and down the little splines. Maybe when it's in neutral, it goes all the way down, and they might think people like I'm saying going sixty, then put it back in gear, and it might wick it that way. But if I'm if engines on neutral, and I know I'm coming to a stop, you know, I've just got to get that last two hundred percent of the mileage out of the gas. <laughs> okay. Well, it that's not normal. You're deviating from normal. The car was built around right. normal people and normal actions, so shifting it into neutral has never been a good idea, no matter what power plant you have underneath the hood. So if you have a diesel, if you have a gas, if you have a propane-powered, if you have a supercharged, there's no benefit to shifting it into neutral. All you're doing is wearing out the shift linkage. So just Okay, and I'm it. just thinking like... Uh... If you have a manual, you know how you you know you're coming to a red light, you just put it neutral and close to the to the light. Okay, and if then you when you put it in a neutral clutch. and you come to a stop, we still got spinning gears, and you clutch it and you put it in first gear, and as you go f- from first gear, it clunks and goes into first gear. But it won't do that if you just slow down and 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 use the synchronizers and put it in first gear, and you come to a stop. So yeah. you're you're trying to talk me into doing something I don't do. I, and I don't well, suggest people do that. I don't suggest people throw their transmissions, automatic transmissions, and I don't care what car it's in, because there's no benefit to it. There's nothing to gain. So you can put it into neutral if you want, coast up, and light turns green, put it in drive, and pull forward. You can do that. There's no gain. There's just no gain. Anyway, Steve, good luck to you. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And who's next? Say hello to Jack. Jack, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Hey, I I need your guidance. I I've got this 2000 F150 with a V6 in it, and it keeps having misfire problems on cylinders. And real quickly, a couple of years ago, I replaced all the injectors, fixed it. A year ago, one of them cracked, replaced it, fixed it. Two months ago, replaced two more, and now it's got two more misfires on a couple other cylinders. I'm sort of at wit's end. I've taken it to multiple shops to look at. So what thoughts do you have? What might be going on? Well, the, none of us are going to know what the future has to hold. <laughs> at, at first blush, I'm how – and give me the window for all of these. Is it eight months? Is it a year and a half? Is it two years? Start to finish on all these these codes and all these injector problems? It's how about much time? two years. It's about two years. Two years? Yeah. And okay. You know, they, we went to a real good shop that you, that um, we found, and they replaced all of them. They used remanufactured, and and within about 10 months, one of those cracked, and we took it back to them, and they swapped it out for us. And Okay, I, that doesn't make any difference to me. And this is a gas motor or a diesel motor? It's a gas. It's okay. a 4.2 V6, okay. so... Here, here's the deal. All of us make the same mistake. We go in and, and we do a cylinder drop test, and that cylinder's bad, so we replace the injector. Never mind that four feet away, that injector plugs into the ECM, and the ground side of it's bad. It's got a bad connection there. And so sometimes we'll be smart enough to go in there and disconnect and connect, disconnect and connect, disconnect and connect, put a little dielectric in there, do the same thing, and we're exercising that male and female connection. And then all of a sudden, everything is fine. So I don't know if everybody's just going off the code, number six cylinder, number six cylinder. I don't know if they're just doing that or if they're actually going in and trying to diagnose it. But replacing injector after injector after injector is kind of a waste of time 
especially if there's no drivability problems. So the computer's lost sight of the injector, or it's trying to tell the injector to do something, and it's not seeing the tailpipe response. But there's all these moving parts here. So yeah. what part of town yeah. do you live in? Well, I'm in New Mexico. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I think what I would do is is I'd call a couple local parts stores and uh, and tell them you've got the 2000 F-150 V6 and ask them who uh, buys parts and doesn't return them. Ask who's been in the business a long time. Ask where all the gray-haired smart guys are at. And I make that with a funny face when I say that. Um, I think yeah. you talk to the auto parts guys and, and who, more than anything else, who who buys the parts and keeps them. Because a lot of auto parts are going to say, nah, Salem, he, he buys an alternator, then he returns it, and that didn't fix the problem. And so all he's doing is swapping parts out. Now, they've never said yeah. that about me. I'm just using that as a verbal example. So Yeah, um, no, I, I appreciate that. Let me ask you another quick question. So one of the times the uh, the shop said, well, you know, you need a new wiring harness because all the little clips got broken. So they put a new wiring harness in. Turns out it was just pigtails, and they they put butt splices on there and just crimped them. So what's your experience with those sitting on top of an engine? Are they good? Are they okay? We, we use we we use butt splices all the time. Yeah, I mean, fine. there's well, from 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 an 18 gauge to a 10 gauge um, heavy electrical a ground circuit. Yeah, yeah. If we if we find a bad connection and we grab the harness and we lift up on it and all of a sudden something happens on our scanner and we push down on it and something happens, we're going to open up that particular area of the harness. We're going to look and see what's going on. If we have a bad connection, we cut the connection out, bring those two wires together. Now some of us will just bring them together, overlap them, twist them together, solder them, put some heat shrink on it, and be done with it. Yeah. Some of us will do that. So, okay. but there's nothing wrong with the crimps. There's nothing wrong okay. with using dielectric, and there's nothing wrong with taping them up. That's it. Those are industry-acceptable standards. But I'm, I'm bothered like you are. Oh, you need a harness. Oh, we still got the same problem. There's a problem there. Yeah, so. and it's different shops because the truck's in different places. And so I'm yeah. sort of a wit's end, but I really like your idea. Just I find the ECM, and I can remove the connector and put it in and out a few times and clean it up maybe. Don't don't bend any pins, but yes, you're going to have to learn okay. how to disconnect the connectors. You're going to pull them out. You're going to dust them off with a little bit of air maybe, dust off the ECM males and then the females in the wire harness. Then you're going to put a thin film, film of, of uh, dielectric grease across the female part of the connection. And then you're okay. going to slide it on ever so, and slide it on, slide it off, slide it off, a little bit left, a little bit right. Do that a bunch of times, and then that's as good as you're going to get. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Okay. All right. Good Thank luck you. to you, Jack. Thank you very much. And we've got open lines available. I'm going to take a break here in 30 seconds. But 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We have five open lines available, and you're welcome to grab one. We're going to be here for another hour talking about cars, and you're always welcome to be hang out with us and do that. My name's Mark Salem. We're here on Saturdays from 10 o'clock till noon talking about car, car repair problems. Just give me the year-making model, and let's talk about the symptoms. That's the easiest way to do it. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.